everybody, my name is Ro and Two Sisters, and this is uh, Afterbirth. It's our support group that we do hopefully every two weeks, and uh, we've been doing a pretty good job of meeting that goal. And um, I just want to kind of read the rules of engagement. I'm your host. My name is Rowan, Two Sisters, local apprentice midwife and food on data here in Houston, Texas. And what we decided to do was to come together and have this group. My sister and I, Dr. Blythe and I decided to do this because we wanted an opportunity for people to get together every other week or so and just like have a really good virtual support group system. And then our goal is to get it up as a podcast, which I've only been marginally successful with, but it's the small steps. Okay. And it is available on iTunes or Stitcher or whatever under Preggers can be choosers. And this is after birth. So kind of our rules of engagement is that we want to uh, everybody to be kind to each other. Even if they've said something that's like, what the fuck are you thinking? I just want everybody to be like as kind as possible because we don't know where they're at right now. And we're giving support over solutions, which means you don't say, oh, you know what I did or what you should do in that, pro in that situation. It's better to say like kind of what you've tried and what may or may not have worked for you. But you know, a lot of that's the tone of voice too. You know what you should do or like I posted something on Facebook the other day about, I guess it's about two weeks ago about, you know, what's going on with you? Maybe we can give you a pep talk. And somebody said that she felt like she wasn't getting as far as she would, could or something. And I specifically said, no mansplaining. So then a dude gets up there and starts telling her, well, you should stop comparing yourself to other people. And, that, and I was like, fuck you, dude. So he got deleted. So don't be like that, dude. We're offering support over solutions, just sharing. In AA, we call that um, sharing um, strength and hope experience strength and hope um we're going to be succinct which i'm totally not being right now um and if a moderator which is myself or dr blythe or whomever else is holding the wand that day um if they interrupt you look just don't take it personally we're just here to like keep the flow going and stay in the canoe one person talks at a time that's generally pretty good so don't unmute yourself to talk over to somebody else but that hardly ever happens in the group that we're in here and if it does happen it's usually me um Okay, no prescribing or diagnosing. Even though Dr. Blythe's got the DR, we're not gonna ask her to write us a script for Ritalin or something. Okay, reminder, this is a public forum. So like right now, everybody on here, we all know each other and stuff, um, but that might be a different time. So that might be different soon. So um, if you're nursing or um, you have a cultural need or whatever, um, make sure that you honor that. And if you're nursing and you don't feel comfortable being boobs out with us, then, you know, just turn your phone face down or away from you or whatever. And we, we don't, we don't mind. Um, if you're in a situation and sometimes this happens where you're in a lawsuit or going through a kind of divorce or a dangerous situation, you can type in your questions in the chat box and not have to voice them. And that way Blythe or Dr. Blythe or myself will read it out. Um, and this is going to be recorded and put on a podcast. Okay. So that's about it. So kind of our flow is we're going to do the topic intro and then uh, we'll go around and introduce ourselves. And if you have something that's like flaming, say I have a big thing and then do your little intro and then we'll come back to you on your big, your flamer. Like a good time was when uh, Caitlin had the, the breastfeeding, <laughs> the lockout of the breastfeeding room incident at the airport. Um, that was good. You said I had this big thing and then we we're like, okay. So we went back to that pretty quickly. And then we'll chat and then we'll wrap it up and, um, you know, we'll put our after notes in the um, Preggers Can Be Choosers podcast group. Okie doke. That's kind of what we got going there. Oh, more people jumped on. Okay. So uh, give me a wave and tell me who wants to introduce themselves first. So normally we just say like, you know, how our week's been and how many kids we have and 
what city we're in. And I think we all have been here together before, but let's go ahead and do it for the people who are listening at home. Oh, and one of my patients who's a, um, a midwife, midwifery patient I um, supported, she said she listened to us and, and because of that bought the um, whiteboard for the fridge and uh, got an instant pot. So she, we have one person who listened to our podcast and made a positive choice for her postpartum. Very excited about this. We reached one person, y'all. <laughs> um, for those at, at home, everybody's uh, clapping and Selena's phone is going woohoo. So uh, this is good. We're all like getting pumped about this. Okay, not only are we helping each other, we're helping other people. Okay, so um, why don't we go to you, Dr. Blythe, and then we'll go to Tiffany. Okay. Okay, uh, can you hear me? Okay, good. Um, sorry, I'm having to use my phone and my iPad because I left my computer at home. Um, so I'm Dr. Blythe, and Dr. Blythe's two sisters, I'm Rowan's sister, the co-founder, co-creator of Progress Can Be Choosers. Um, and this is our first offering, is a perinatal safe spot, according to the JJ Way. Uh, she anointed us as badasses because we are doing what she has asked for people to do. We were already doing it, and we're going to do more. Um, and then this is Coraline Clover. This is the only child I have right now. I have a couple other puppies, but, um, oh, she gave me kisses. Oh, my God. So. This is my life right now, so this is what I do 24-7. That and travel to see Jenny Joseph, which was the best day of our lives so far. That might be dramatic, but it's pretty damn good. Okay, I'm done. Hi, I am Tiffany, a stay-at-home mom of two. Um, Lily is almost four, and Willow just turned two years old. Um, we actually have been babysitting and helping out Kat. So she's another member of the, of the group. She hasn't been able to watch the podcast and everything, but it has helped me because it helps them with socialization. Same with Taylor and Kat is, you know, providing me with a little bit of extra money. So the group and meeting Kat through Rowan has been like an amazing thing for me. So I just want to give a shout out. Woohoo. Um, I know Kat usually wants to participate, but she's, you know, working her tushy off for her busy season. So um, it's been really cool, like meeting a friend and like forming that bond with her and with her little baby girl. She's so cute. So yeah, that's it. Hi, um, I'm Adila. I am a birth doula here in Houston. I'm also a stay-at-home mom. I have a nine-month-old who is just now starting to do her own crawl. I really didn't think it was ever going to happen. Everyone kind of thought that she was going to go straight to walking because she's already standing and pulling herself up. Um, but she kind of does this like scoot, butt up crawl, not really what you would think a crawl would look like. It's cute. Anyways. Um, and then I have a almost three-year-old daughter who is becoming more sassy as the days go by. And, uh, that's, that's it. And right now I'm on call for a mother. Um, and she's like my first VBAC patient. So I'm really excited and also a little nervous, but very excited, um, for her. So, yay.
Uh, hey, I'm Caitlin. Um, I have a three and a half year old and a seven month old. Um, we're having a week. Um, and yeah, we're just, we're cruising. Um, trying to get my doula stuff back together, but I need to get reliable childcare out in the boonies where I'm at because for those of you who know where I live, I live in the middle of nowhere. Um, but I have an inquiry and that's due in August and I need to, I need to get it all back up and go in. Um, but I need childcare and that's, that's my main, my main struggle with that right now. Um, but then I've got some other burning stuff, um, for when we get there. Selena. Oh, it's you. Can you see me and hear yeah. me? Okay, sorry. I'm on my way to a call. I'm hanging out with my partner. All right. <laughs> um, let's see. Intro. I always forget what the intro is. Uh, my name is Selena. I'm an EMT, uh, obviously. Um, I'm also a certified postpartum doula, like patient counselor, and prevent encapsulator. Um, and, um, what's going on? I had my first patient coded on me a few days ago. That was interesting. Uh, coding is basically when someone dies. Um, for those that don't speak EMT, uh, that was a good lesson. Um, I'm trying to balance. I want to get back into birth work because I miss it. And also I need, uh, more money than what I'm making now. Um, so like right now I'm like waiting on a placenta. Um, so yeah, and I do like patient health calls on the weekend. So really um, I'm doing the single mom thing and just trying to balance um, work and uh, being a mom, um, which is the first time I've ever doing this for working full time. So yeah, that's my uh, status right now. And that's a lot. Glad you're here, Sincel. Glad you're here. Alrighty. Well, our topic, we were, I think our topic was just, we were going to talk about what we learned at the conference. So um, let's go back to, to hot points. So, and I think that's you. Did anybody else have a hot point? And maybe so at some point, if you feel okay, you can text in how the D-I-V-O-R-C-E is going. If you don't want to share that, you know, audio, auditorially. Um, but does anybody else have a hot point? Tiff, Adila? Adila, you were our hot point last time. Okay. Maybe you could like give us a, a catch up on that too later if you want. Okay. All right. Then it's you, Kate. Let's hear it. All right. So um, we're having a week. Um, so I go to New York tomorrow for five days for a girl's trip, which I'm really excited about. Um, because I was supposed to see my best friend. Um, I haven't seen her in three years and she was supposed to come last year, right before I had our baby and then Harvey hit. And so she was unable to come, um, because of Harvey, she was supposed to come the week, um, like the Thursday after it ended and it, everything was still flipped. Um, so anyway, so then we, um, so I'm freaking out about leaving my kids for the first time ever because my, my seven month old is still nursing and that's going to be a challenge in and of itself of pumping while I'm gone. Um, and then my husband's grandma went on hospice on Saturday 
into hospice care Saturday. So then we were unsure whether or not I was even, even going to be able to go. And that might be really selfish of me. Um, but to like have a girl's trip that you might not be able to go on um, because of a death in the family. But you again, it might be, it's, I know Rowan, it's not selfish of me to want that. But then she also, she passed away this morning. Um, so we are like, we're kind of dealing with that, but I'm still going because they aren't going to do the funeral until um, the end of the month. But it was just kind of an extra stressor of how do I be there for my family, but also do this thing that I really need. Because um, I'm sure as all of you moms know, like you get a chance for a girl's trip, your husband said yes, it's all paid for. And then the chance of it going away um, and being canceled is just really stressful when you know you need it and it's just not something that you get but once every few years, if that. So anyway, that was my hot point that now we're kind of doing all of those things and dealing with the death in the family and getting that family to come back up still and making sure that they aren't going straight to Colorado to like handle all of this because um, they're supposed to come watch my kids and it's just that's my hot point, you know, so it's just kind of, it snowballed really fast and out of control. And it's not really anything that we can, you know, control, but it's those uncontrollable things that sometimes get us the, the most. So that's, yeah, that's where I'm at. That's my thing. <laughs> so got to figure that's, out the nursing thing, the pumping thing, the, all of it. That's pretty hot. Adila, were you waving? Yeah. Okay. I think we'll just, Hey, yeah, man, that's, wow. That's rough. But I'm really like, everyone kind of said that, you know, I think we're all behind you going to New York because it's like exactly what you said, you know, everything kind of lined up for it, except for this one thing. Um, even though it's a big thing. Um, I, uh, it's kind of hard, I guess, to get past that guilt, right? You might, is it that guilt that you feel, right? Um, to oh, kind of like, have how are fun. You for your family? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a guilt thing. You just feel guilty for, for wanting it so bad that hoping that she lives long enough that it's not going to affect your trip at the same time, but at the same time, not wanting her to suffer and all of the, you know, yeah. I mean, the good thing at least is that, you know, when you go on this girl's trip, you're going to have like a bunch of your close friends surrounding you to support you during this time and to also help you, you know, enjoy yourself and relax because you do deserve it. Right. Um, and then also when you have those moments of you need to reflect and, and be sad, um, they're there to support you. So that's, you know, really nice as well without having the extra responsibility of your kids because your husband and your family's taking care of them at that time at that time so it's almost like you get to um, reflect and repair yourself with friends but alone you know um, I have a, a question for you though about your trip uh, what are your plans for pumping while away <laughs> So here we are at the, the airport thing again, Rowan, of there's going to be one pumper at the airport. Um, my plans are to pump three times a day because I, I um, am, am down to one pump a day right now. I'm trying to, I try to wean myself off of it unless I really needed it specifically for the trip so I wouldn't get too engorged. Um, 
So I'm planning pump morning, afternoon, and night because we're going back to um, our Airbnb during the day um, to do lunch so that we can kind of save a little bit of money because some of us are more budget um, conscious than others in our group. So, um, so that's kind of my plan is because I already have an oversupply and then I have, I bought a hand pump so that I can carry that in my purse in case I absolutely need it. And then I have my electric one I'll keep at home. So that's kind of my, my plan. Yeah, that's cool. Cause um, I, I was just asking because my husband and I, we're actually gonna go to New York too. And our, my mother offered to watch the girls for the weekend. And so I'm debating whether or not to bring our youngest or not. Cause I told my husband, I was like, I'm gonna have to pump, you realize that. <laughs> And I've never done that before. So or like being away from my kid and pumping for three days, you know, so I was just wondering what your plan was. I can go off that maybe. I'll tell you how it goes. I have no idea how it'll go. Cause I, you know, normally I'm just nursing him and then I pump, I was pumping twice a day and now I'm down to one time a day with still with a massive oversupply. You know, when I pump, I still get 15 ounces in 20 minutes, but you know, um, I'll let you know how it goes in a couple of weeks. Okay. Oh, wait, I have another question. So are you going to freeze it when you're there or are you just going to put it in the fridge? No, I'm going to freeze it because we're, we're seeing it in Airbnb, which was the other um, big thing is that way we'll have like full fridge and freezer so we can cook for ourselves and all of those things. So I will freeze it and I'm going to try and cook as much of it home as possible. Um, there's one day where we're doing like the Statue of Liberty that um, I might just have to pump and dump. Um, if I end up with too much, I know the, the channels to find someone to donate to. On there. So, um, but I have no idea how much I'll have. I just plan to get it back home because um, you are allowed to take ice packs through security as long as they're completely frozen. Um, and you don't have to have your baby to travel with breast milk. Um, and they don't even they don't test it if it's fully frozen so learning all sorts of things about airports and um traveling with that kind of of quantity if you will of liquid i guess my other question is how do you keep it frozen while on the flight because i've taken milk from new york when we used to live there to texas and it like half defrosted a little bit and so maybe it was just like my container wasn't good or i didn't have enough ice packs in there um, great question. I have no idea uh, <laughs> yet, but I know that if, if it defrosts a little bit, as long as there's still ice crystals in the milk, you can refreeze it. It's only when it's completely defrosted that you um, can't refreeze it. So as long as even if it's still slushy when you get it home, it's, you can still put it back in the freezer and it's still okay. So, and it's only, you know, we're flying, flying direct, so it's only a three hour flight. So we should be, we should be okay. Yeah, cool. But we'll find out. <laughs> Again, important two weeks. Yeah. For everyone. But yeah, so I'm really excited, but it's just, you know, things piling. We'll figure it out. I'll let you know. And then I'll, I'll let you know. So one thing I was thinking about is that this is like the compassion for grandma. Com jumping in, you know, crashing into your own self-compassion. Um, and I also know that energetically times, things line up. And I know there have been 
times that I've been super wrecked about stuff and that if I had something that I had that took a lot of attention, it like helped me like stay in the game. So on some point, I want to just throw out that maybe the timing is more than coincidental, depending on whatever belief system you have. And, um, you know, life and birth and death are real close to each other on the, you know, the, the wheel of life here. And um, maybe there could be some, I don't know, maybe there's some healing or some reassurance or whatever, holding a chubby seven-month-old baby while processing, you know, the loss of your parent or your whatever, you know? So I just want to put it out there that there might be bigger, bigger hands at work than what we know going on right here. Yeah. yeah. And I hope so. So. Or not, right? Maybe not, but let's put it out I, there. You know, again, I hope that there's, there's a lot of good that can come out of this too, it's, you know, but when you're in it, it's, it's hard to look back and reflect on it. And I think part of it is that, um, like it's one more loss for me. Um, and I, my, my husband doesn't seem all that upset. And I guess I'm, I'm very much, um, projecting my feelings towards everyone else right now, because I am like, wait, this is like, this is how I would have, like, this is how I felt a few years ago, and this is not how everybody else feels here, but she was in her 90s, lived a really cool life, so it's a little bit different story there, too. I don't know. It's, I, I know that part of it is me projecting my feelings onto other people that I also need to get away from. Okay. I'm feeling you. Tiff, do you want to say anything, or Dr. V? You had any feedback or anything you want to say? They're both holding. Oh, wait, Tiff might. Okay. So I'm going to unmute Tiff. What you got, Tiff? Mommy! Oh, somebody's unhappy. Yeah. Uh, no. Okay. Oh, okay. All right. We keep going forward then. Um, no, look, she's all looking at us. <laughs> um, okay, well, maybe we can talk about Jenny Joseph a little bit. And... <clears throat> The so we just went to the ATM conference, which is Association of Texas Midwives, and it was kind of a big event. And the whole thing was around trauma. And the first thing was like um, adverse childhood experiences and how that relates to birth. And then they had this worksheet, and it was like, uh, um, I didn't do the worksheet, but I sent it to somebody else, and she was like, You don't even want to know how many of these things I test positive on or whatever. And I was like, Oh, I could guess. So um, it just was really informative, and I'm going to use that in my midwifery practice, but they, they just talked about how, yeah, like, I was so unprepared for the content, because it was so intense. And then we went to a thing about secondary trauma, which was if, you know, something shitty has happened, that it didn't happen to you, but you witnessed it, which a lot of us do as, as, you know, birth workers. We'll see, like, a birth go down, and we're like, no, 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 no. And one of the things, and I think we all know this, is if um, the parents perception is different from ours like we ride with theirs whatever it is you know and so if they're like no that was great no 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 no," you're like oh okay that was great um I saw a placenta come out of somebody that was mismanaged by a doctor one time and like I still think about that like almost daily that picture um so that's an example of secondary trauma um and uh Blythe and I had had an experience where we had seen trauma on the way into the workshop, right? So we're like, no, that's still thinking about that. And then somebody else had had that same, it was a, a fatality on the freeway. And um, 
so somebody else had seen it too. So then later she's coming up and talking to Dr. Blythe about it. She's so traumatized and having a hard time to drive back on the road, right? So that was really good work because I think sometimes we don't think about it. If we're at a birth, even if the, the, we're there at, for 15 minutes or something, and we're like, I don't know why I'm so tired. Well, you know, because some of it's real traumatizing. Um, so that was the first couple of days. That was the first day. And then um, the next day was Jenny Joseph. And if you don't, Dr. B, could you type in her, her website into the chat box? So Jenny Joseph is this cool lady, and I had no idea she was English until she opened her mouth. And she says that she feels like she gets more traction because she's um, a very poised black woman with an English accent. So if she was speaking, you know, with a Southern accent, she doesn't feel like she'd get as far as she has been. Um, but people can get all enraptured with the idea that she's English as opposed to black, which she is. Um, and great, by the way. I just love everything about her. So she came up with this thing called Common Sense Childbirth, which is a model of care where she has um, a birth center and that she's essentially Robin Hooding the money off the birth center to provide, to have a clinic called Easy Access Clinic. And they used to be in the same building, but um, a lot of the people that now exclusively go to the Easy Access Clinic felt like she was trying to coerce them into a home birth or to a birth center birth. Where I thought it'd be the difference. I thought it'd be like the kind of full pay, you know, um, slightly toity birth center people would be like, why am I sitting in this room full of Medicaid people? But it was the opposite. They sometimes thought that she was trying to like, no, you will have a birth center birth. And she goes, whatever, dude, I don't want to get up out of bed. I want to just send you on your way. You have your birth. So what she does is she, people come in the door. She helps them get Medicaid within 24 hours. She has some like super sneaky friends that help her do that. And then um, and then she sees them and she gets paid hardly anything because Medicaid doesn't pay shit. Um, but she sees them and then uh, and they come in and she has this cool thing that I'll get Dr. Blythe to talk about called the passport. And then when they're full term, she sends them off with this passport and um, and when they go into labor, they like call her and she's like, oh, great. Okay. Sounds good. Yeah. Go on in. Then, you know, and like some of these, a lot of these people like call 911, like this is normal. Oh, cell's not on here anymore. Um, that they would call 911 or, but she'll talk to them in the beginning about like, how do you plan on getting to the hospital? Who's going to drive you? Well, I'm going to call 911. Okay. Well, how's the rest of your family going to get there? You know, like, um, and so she does this great model of care where people who would normally get a real subpar and this is my opinion, Medicaid prenatal care get the midwifery model of care so they have appropriate size babies. So they have nice, fat, chunky babies because most African-American community, and that's who she works with mostly, is, um, and, so, and poor white women, um, they, uh, they always have preterm labor and low birth weight babies. So she goes, they're going to term and they have fat, chunky babies. Fantastic. Fantastic. So we're like, kicking that around in our head. How does that apply to us? And, you know, because I'm not black or English, um, but I'm queer all day long and, you know, trying to be as open and kind as possible. So, um, and one thing with business, you figure out who you do your best work with and you go for that person and then anybody else who falls in the net, great, but you know exactly who you're going for, for your best work. So um, that's kind of what my two parts were. I'm going to open it up to Dr. Blythe here. Okay. What do you want to say? Well, what were your thoughts on the conference and stuff? You know, the thing that really struck me is that she said that people come in, because she talked about the maternal hot zone, is that what she called it? Maternal toxic zone. And she said when people come into clinics, they 
are prepared, they have a stink face and they're prepared for the receptionist or people in the, the childbirth center or clinic or whatever to meet them with that stink face. And so they're already defensive. And so her first line of defense is to always be warm and kind. Um, and they're going to show up with some sort of shenanigan and she's like, okay, let's go. Like they never turn anybody away. And I was like, okay, because I work in mental illness. Um, and these people a lot of times come in and they're like scattered or they're aggressive or they're rude because they're used to people being mean to them because they're misunderstood. So it's like, okay, noted. I'm going to implement that right away um, is talking about not meeting people with their scene phase with a scene phase. So I was like, okay, great. Um, and she talked about stop being territorial, which I thought was a really good thing for her to talk about with, um, there was a couple of doulas in the room, but it was mostly midwives. Um, and she talked about like, it doesn't matter, like poke some bellies, get these people healthy and send them wherever they want to have their baby. You want to have a baby in the hospital? Great. You want to have a baby in the driveway? Great. She didn't care. She wasn't going to go to the hospital. She's not going to go to the driveway. Um, but she's going to help them have a good pregnancy. Um, so I was like, okay, that's good. And she has her own childbirth education that she does on the DL. So she has a person who... I think she was just a trained person who sits in the waiting room while people are waiting in the easy access clinic and she does education in the waiting room while they're waiting for their appointment. So it's not like they come for a special childbirth education class. It's just that's what they're going to do and they're going to talk about different topics while people are waiting. So it's childbirth education on the DL. I was like, this is genius. Um, can can I jump in? Yeah, yeah. So, and I thought, you know, for those of you guys who are childbirth educators, um, hey, T, we're talking about uh, Jenny Joseph, and we just got the um, certification for something. What did we get? Certified Maternal Child Health Specialist. Oh, you know what? They're right here, because I found it when I was cleaning my Airstream. Oh, good. I need mine. I'm going to put it on the wall. Boom. I know. It was on the floor underneath Electra. But, um, I know. But, so when I think about for you guys, so um, for like, you know, Caitlin or whatever, um, like kind of you guys are my ideal or I'm ideal candidate for this. Like what if you knew that you were going to work Monday, Wednesday, Friday, you know, nine to two as a childbirth educator, a waiting room childbirth educator, you could schedule that. That's revenue stream for some of my birth workers that have young babies. You know, and if one day you couldn't make it to work, whatever, let's see if we can get somebody else in or, you know, so that day we don't have it. It's okay. So like, play I thought video. that was, a, yeah, I play a video. Yeah. We have all these YouTube videos of like aquariums and stuff. Um, so like, I just thought that was really smart because that to me was another way to get the education to the people, but also get a job into the hands of a mama. Like Tiff, you would be a good candidate for that too. Um, so anyway, so carry on Dr. B, but I just thought that was cool. Well, like we didn't really have a chance to look at the handouts in our book because she didn't her slides weren't in our notebook um and so i just looked at this piece of paper rowan it was like that little kind of walkway and the first thing she talks about is the receptionist warmly greet individual um, by name and providing immediate assessment of what they need right no person is turned away and then the second is the waiting room slash classroom so everybody sits comfortably, they're hanging out, um, they're meeting other friends, which we know helps, right? We improve social contact by having other people in the room that look a lot like you. And you're like, oh, you're pregnant, you're pregnant, you know, and then there's other things that people can have in common. So that's great. So less isolating. 
And then the nurses, she hires a lot of medical assistants because it's cheaper labor, labor and they're equally competent and good. And so, you know, they have like a treatment plan that they follow. Um, and then I'll talk about the passport. And then she talks about the exam room. And so she says she spends the least amount of time with the patients because they spend a lot of time with the medical assistant and the waiting room and the receptionist. And so she's like, my job is to go in there, poke some bellies and be like, yep, looks good. You know, but everything else comes from the rest of the staff. And she said initially she kind of took that personally. Um, but now she's just like, great, I have other shit I need to do. Like, this is perfect. Like, I want them to have lots of support and it doesn't have to come from me. And so she's like, I love it when I don't have to get up at 2 a.m. and go deliver a baby. I was like, I love this woman. Um, and she created this thing called a passport, which is interesting because Jackie created the same thing a couple of years ago. Um, and her business partner kind of pooed it, so they didn't use it. Um, but it's a passport. I have a picture of it on my phone, which I'm on right now, so I can't look at it. But it has, it's like a trifold, and one page is like, what are your doctor appointments? How many weeks are you? Um, who is your doctor? Where are you going to have your babies? So to like write those um, numbers down. Um, when is your estimated due date? And then like the middle is like tracking your blood pressure. Um, and then I can't remember all the things, Ro. Do you remember the other parts? Well, and so you had your blood pressure. Can you hear me? I can't tell yeah. if I'm muted or not. Yeah. Okay. So it's like your blood pressure, your weight. Yeah. Oh, um, you put whether you're. Um, like some critical stuff that you need in the hospital, like, you know, GBS status, if you had any gonorrhea, chlamydia, syphilis, um, hep uh, B, maybe hep C also. So that type of stuff was included on there. Um, so, you know, that, that was really cool. And then you would have that. Um, oh, also there were signs of preterm labor on there, you know, when to know that you're in labor. And then something else, oh, you know, if something was wrong, not preterm labor, but like when you're in labor and then uh, risk, I think, uh, signs and symptoms of preeclampsia and, and hypertension and stuff like that, so. And so they give them to the patients and the patients take them to all their appointments no matter where they go. So if they go to a different person or transfer out of care, they still have their passport. So they're the boss of their healthcare which is the problem. Like that's one of the root of the problem. Oh, shit. Server. Somebody's knocking on the airstream. Oh, maybe it's our housekeeper. So like that is one of the things to, let me see if I can mute her. I bet you I can't mute a host. Can I mute a host? I can't. Okay, we'll just keep listening to her talk to the housekeeper. Um, so the passport, when you can, take it from doctor to doctor, provider to provider, then you're the boss of your healthcare. And then if you go somewhere and have it checked out, I think people treat you differently if you have a passport. So if you're a black woman and you live in a lower SES area, people will take you more seriously for having all your documents. I was like, oh my God. Hey, I'm going to start giving that to all my people. So, Taria, we're going to have these here. I hope you're pumped about that. So maybe we can work together on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to make them and brand them for Preggers Can't Be Choosers because we're trying to get our name out there, right, for the queerdos. Um, and then I want, that'll be our second offering that's free. Um, and then, so they talked a lot about the maternal mortality rate, especially for people of color. Like, that was just constantly talked about which is a real big fat drag but I was glad we were talking about it but one thing I never heard about is what are the statistics on queer people dying 
in birth and what are the statistics of trans people dying in birth or poly people or you know like all the 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 outliers you know i think we need to start somewhere talking about um women of color people of color who are dying but now my question is like okay since we're going for the queerdos what are the statistics on that like people aren't even looking at it that i know of yet and so i started reaching out to my friend's alter dr colt myers and i'm like okay can men get medicaid when they're pregnant and he's like well if they haven't changed their gender marker easy but if they have, that's a question I don't know. So I'm like, okay, as an ally, that's my job. I'm going to get working on that. So just a lot of stuff started coming up and ways that we can help and what people are doing to help. And she just said, do one thing. That was Jenny Joseph's takeaway is just find one thing that you can do and start there. Um, so there's an easy access clinic that they're going to start opening in South Dallas. They need money. They need people. So I was like, okay, I can donate $10 a month to that. Um, you know, I put a lot of money everywhere, but I was like, I can do that. I can do $10. Um, so if lots of people did $10, they could get their clinic running. Um, and so I know that that will come back for Preggers, not that it needs to, but that's, I was just like, okay, I already have a resource guide, but she said, call the numbers on the resource guide, make sure they work. I was like, okay, I'll get Rose on that right away. You know, like what's a real number to call instead of like the main hotline. So like she gave us lots of stuff. I could go on it for days and days, but I think the first thing that we're going to do is get the passport up and running and I'll make that a downloadable PDF um, that people can print from Pruggers, Dr. Blythe. Um, I don't know where else we'll put it. Um, probably in this group so you guys can have it and give it to other people and start using it. Um, and it's like we're kind of stealing it from her by permission. So if you guys want to take it and rebrand it, Snowflake Google or whatever, um, that's fine. Or you can just use ours. Preggers can be changed. So that was a lot of info, which was like a tiny drop in the bucket of what we learned. Any kind of questions about that or like comments or Yahoo, you're amazing. So is it a chicken? That was a chicken. Rowan has seven chickens in the backyard. So. Yeah, anybody want to say anything? I can't see everybody because I don't have my computer. So just unmute yourself if you have something to say. Sorry. Anybody? Oh. There's Rowan. <laughs> She's going to love this that we're watching her. Oh, do you have something, was, Caitlin? Yeah, was there anything that, um, if you're not active in the birth community, what can you, is there anything that you can do? Um, because Rowan loves the, the scope of practice um, term. So is there anything that we can do kind of no matter what level of involvement you're at? I think, um, well, one of the things that she talked about is that they need um, safe spaces. Uh, what did she call it? Uh, perinatal safe spots, right? And so one thing that you can do being not in uh, actively working in the birth world is getting people to this virtual support group every other week because this is a perinatal safe spot and we don't turn people away you, you could have a four-year-old and I still consider that like yes let's get in let's talk about it um, most of us are birth workers but uh, you might have someone who's just like I just need a place to go and like be heard great bring it on here you know I don't particularly want a cyst white dude to hit up in this group 
Um, but Jenny says, don't turn them away. So like, I'd be like, what's your intention? Did you want to, you know, like we'd probably screen them um, and talk to them like what, what, what you need, why you're here. Um, but if a trans man shows up who's pregnant or worried about fertility issues, yes. So I think that would be the first thing to do is to get people to our group because we're trying to grow it um, or a different group. It doesn't have to be our group, but this is a perinatal safe spot that Jenny, like the top of her head came off with joy knowing that we've already done that. Um, and then it's virtual. So this can be international. Like we don't have to be Texas. We don't even have to be, you know, it could be Canada, UK. I think the farthest we've reached so far is Baltimore and oddly she's my friend Desiree. <laughs> so, so far we all know each other at least one degree of separation, but um, we'll get bigger. So I think that's the answer to that. It was a long answer. I apologize. So, any other thoughts, Rowan? What you got? Well, I just learned a lot and I learned a lot about people who are making an impact and then people who think they're making an impact and then I learned a lot about people who don't think they should have to make an impact so I got mm -hmm. some um, 411 on some after conversations where people were like well you know like kind of kind of that like if they were wanting to set one of these up in Haiti they'd be all about it but since it's you know local black or anybody who's not white women and there's not an opportunity to to recruit to Christianity, then it was low on the totem pole or low on the, well, that's a shitty thing to say, sorry. It was low on the priority list. And I was just like horrified. It's like, nah, dude, nah. Like, this is really important. We're all in this together. Afua got up and said, she goes, I'm not looking at you white women to fix my black mortality issues. Um, we got to do that ourselves. And, you know, I hear that and I want to be right there with equitableness, you know, like doing my best to like, I can't consciously just say, well, you know, I'm real lucky and I'm pale. So like, it's cool. I don't have to worry about this shit. Cause that is not my reality at all. Um, and, but you know, on the same hand as a queer non-binary person, I'm not looking at, you know, straight white people to fix my shit either. Like I'm going to do the best I can, but like, it would be nice if there was a little help sometime that was the kind of help that I wanted, not some like random, you know, I don't know. So anyway, um, just, it really got our wheels turning and how we can do this and, with like you know this is a big aha moment we're like oh shit we already do this we already have a, a perinatal safe spot oh okay okay we're doing it we're doing it and you know we're making our little baby steps and you know in business a lot of times you have to do stuff for years and then all of a sudden you know people are like oh you were just discovered or you know and people will be like i've been like working my ass off for years and you know my i finally had enough content and I just, you know, I kept showing up for myself and showing up for my business. And like Beyonce says, I'm going to keep running because, you know, winners don't quit on themselves. Um, that's what we're going to do. So we're just out there creating content and then it'll catch on a little bit more and a little bit more, and, you know. And uh, Taria, you missed it. Like one of, we actually had somebody um, that is a patient of mine, a past midwifery patient, download one of our podcast editions and like, took some hot tips from it and look made her life better and we're like oh look we made an impact so excited so um i guess you know one of the best things that we can do because one of the things jenny said was maybe i said this you know you look at look at the neighbor next to you and just decide one thing that you can do that would make an impact and we're like oh shit look at us we're already doing this so this is our one thing that we're doing while i'm finishing school and while Blythe's handling some admin stuff on her end and then it's game game forward. And we'll already have been doing this for at least a year and a half. So 
we're doing it. We're doing it. We're going to keep sharing it. Here we are. Okay. So I just want to remind you that any offering that's not just the traditional, um, especially here in Texas, traditional Christian prenatal care offering that's normally associated with, um, I guess, mom safe houses. I, what is the term I'm looking for here, Rowan? Uh, is going to be better than nothing than what we have in our community. Because if, if it reaches anyone that doesn't fit that mold, it will make an impact. Those pregnancy crisis centers? Yes, those. I hate those. Well, check this shit out. Um, she says that they refer to her all the time because after they've done passing out their pampers and you know their you know little handbooks on how to raise a Christian, um, then you know they don't know what to do. They can't do medical care. They can't whatever. So uh, she says they're one of the biggest refers to her, <laughs> and she was like all calm. She goes after they've you know done their little spiel or whatever, then they come to me. I was like, dude, okay. Okay. So that, that offering, you know, but you, I know that you'll cover more of those other, other things that they won't touch on um, mm -hmm. in the, the realm of choice. Yeah. So yeah. that that will be an offering as well. So you already, you're, and even though like, look at us, we're all here. There, there were six of us. Yeah. Seven of us. We're making, yeah, you're making an impact already. So I'm proud Go of you. Go team. Go team. Um, oh, I was going to tell you something really I forgot. I don't know. Maybe it'll come back. Maybe it'll come back. I don't know. Tria, you got anything to say? Do you know Jenny Joseph? Have you ever studied her stuff? Are you in love with her like we are? Okay. Yeah, I've, I've actually heard of her. I have not dove deep into like I understand like what her practices how she is is more of a not just the midwife but it's mm -hmm. the whole office staff like everybody is caring for this for the pregnant people that come in it's not just okay you know like normally you go to a traditional hospital office and everybody's just like oh you'll just wait go sit down you know somebody will be with you your doctor's gonna call you shortly you know so it's just more of that caring and feel like oh they care about me so I have, I'm going to do some more, some more research, more digging, but I am, I do like that method. And that's just me from when I was pregnant, when I had, had a midwife. Um, and it was, it was, it, it made a role of a difference when people care, when they show that they care, right? Versus, oh, we do care, but we don't act like we care. So that does make a difference with the birthing outcome as well. Because you feel more safer around those people. You feel like I can open up and share with them. If something is going on with me, I can share with you because I can trust you. So, yeah, I am excited about it. Well, we were thinking, we're so pumped about it that, like, what do we need to do to get her here, you know? Mm -hmm. To come and do a training for our group or for whatever. Um, and her child, her common sense childbirth education was... Like she taught the dads to listen to an appropriate rate of a heartbeat. She goes, so when they go to turn that monitor down, turn it back up. And this is the rate that you're listening for. And anything lower than that, that's a problem. 
you know? And so, and she was real funny. She goes, and give them a couch to sit on. Dads like to sprawl out. They always got to be sprawled out on their sofa. <laughs> I was like, and Shannon has a sofa and um, always the sprawlers. Um, Jackie only has, um, I guess she has chairs. And so it's not as popular, I got to say. So, yeah, there were some hot decorating tips in there too, but yeah. So I, I think she's delightful. And, um, you know, my dad lives close to where she lives. And y'all with my midwifery education, it's just like, you know, I'm going here and going there. So I don't know what that means. If there's a way for me to go be an intern for a month or something and maybe live cheap at my dad's. And although it's not really free because I have to interact with my stepmother, but, um, you know, like maybe that's an idea. So I'd love to develop a relationship and, you know, I can, I'm at a point in my life when I can. So let's see what else did we learn. We learned some social media stuff there. Um, there's this real swank birth center up in Tarrant County and they have this little video that shows them all these births and Jackie said, this is what Jackie told me, Blythe didn't tell me this, that since they did that video, like they're, they're getting calls all the time and they're like super popular. So that was a good marketing tip. Well, she, they made that video and then they put it on Google. So she said they actually spent every time they advertised that video, that they paid people to professionally make yeah. $1,400. Yeah. So like she spends a fuck ton in marketing. So it's not like they just made this little video spark post, like they had mm -hmm. it crafted, blah, blah, blah. And then they spend a ton of money every time they run it. And when they stop running the ad, people stop calling. So it's like, oh, you're stuck in that. Like Google depends on you to pay. Now they're going to like, you know, so you have to decide, I'm always going to spend money on this or I need to do these other things. So I was like, oh, I learned that. Yeah. I think I'll probably get like somebody like Stephanie Shirley or Angela Lamont. Angela Lamont likes Blythe and I a lot. She's a friend of mine and she did Blythe's wedding photos. If you ever need like a fun photographer, she's your girl. And uh, so that might be a good idea for us. One thing though, and you know how I am, but I was looking at the Tarrant County um, and maybe we won't put this one up, but it was just really white lady McWhiterson, you know, and even in their scrolling pictures, there was like one black couple and one like Palestinian couple and everything else was just a sea of white bread. So I want to make sure that, you know, and there was nobody who was not like heteronormative, by the way. Um, everybody had long flowing hair and it's like, whatever people, there was not one butch haircut among all this. So I don't know. And there was no native Americans or whatever. So, um, which by the way, did, like their outcomes are worse than black outcomes. I mean, it's terrible. So anyway, we've got some work to do people and we're doing it right now because we're meeting and we're chatting That's right. and we have some racial and ethnic and, you know, um, like we're a diverse group. We got Blythe and her purple there and Tria's black. Yay. Thanks for showing up. Um, Adila Muslim. Good. Tiffany's got some dreads going on there. Caitlin's a country gal. <laughs> Selena, if she comes back, is Hispanic. So we got something, and I'm gay. Okay, look at our diversity. Go us. Go us. Anyway. Who else has something on their heart? Oh, shit, we only have four minutes left. Anybody else got something you need to say and open up, and you'll be better for it if you say it? Okay, go, Adila. Um, so I was just talking to my husband about this the other day. Is it kind of weird that I almost, my last two births were home births with midwives. And I was thinking, I was telling my husband, I was like, I really kind of want to be on the other side. Like, I just kind of want to see what it's like as 
my own experience for being a doula for other moms who give birth in hospitals. I just kind of want to give birth in a hospital to see what mothers go through um, and like how their emotions are, you know, when when they're in a different environment and people are coming in and out and, and the monitors are on and, um, you know, decisions may be made without being asked. Um, and as well as being a Muslim woman. Um, I've, you know, both my midwives respected me and loved me and, you know, I, I, we were friends and so were their birth assistants. So it's not like I ever had like a nurse kind of look at me the, a strange way or say a comment. I, I was in the, I was in the delivery room the other day and the doctor was African-American. She was awesome. The nurse was, was pretty good at the end, except for when she said, she told my mother who was Chinese, she said, um, we were all trying to get her to push, right? And she was giving her some words of encouragement. And she said, I know, honey, we're all slave drivers here. So let's go. And I was like, what? And I just kind of stopped, kind of was like, wait, time out. What did you just say to my mother? And like in this room full of other people, like, no, I just I was like, that's not acceptable. That's, I, I kind of looked at the doctor to see if she heard it. I looked at my mom who was just in her own different world trying to push this baby out. Um, but I was really shocked by it. I was kind of the first maybe um, racist, I guess, shocking kind of uh, tone that I had heard in a hospital setting. And I also have my first African-American um, client who's giving birth later this year. So I'm really excited, like helping her and also understanding, you know, the ins and outs um, for mothers of color. So, but yeah, anyways, that's just what I wanted to say. All right, so that's not weird at all. Um, my first birth, thought I knew all the things and I was wrong. Um, and my first birth is the one that taught me so much that I would not have learned otherwise. Um, would not choose to do it again um, by any means, but it's not weird to have that curiosity. Um, I think it, for me, my experience in the hospital changed how I doula people. Uh, because I definitely started using terms that were less uh, specific, that it was more, um, oh my God, my, my brain is not working today, um, uh, less concrete words, you know, using a, a birth preferences versus birth plan so that, you know, if we went off plan, it was just less scary than the word preferences things like that um and that that was what I took from it I guess um as far as being a doula doing those things but I don't think it's weird at all cool well here's the like I don't think it's I'm, I'm with Caitlin I don't think it's um a nat, uh, a weird thing and I think that you would probably learn a lot but during Ike, like I lost power for three weeks and a tree fell almost on the garage and, you know, it was bananas here. And Blythe had just gone to see Mama Mia, Dr. Blythe was living in Dallas and just got, and was like so upset that I was going through all this and she wasn't. And so my brother-in-law said, you want to tell him Blythe? That he goes, well, we could sleep in lawn chairs in the front yard if that would make you feel better. So... And it wasn't going to make anything better. 
it just was, you know, like solidarity, but it wasn't going to help. So then what Dr. Blythe did was about a week and a half into it, I had my mom with me then and mom started getting really sick. And so we like, maybe it was like, maybe not even a week. Um, but you know, cause gas stations weren't still open and there was no, and so we'd call this BEMA instead of FEMA. Dr. Blythe went and like wiped out a Walmart or Target or someplace where, you know, those bags of cereal that like, I don't really eat and like shelf stable almond milk and like filled up a Honda element full of that stuff. Oh, oh yeah. I think it was like three days. Yeah. Cause like I tried to drive through downtown cause stuff was still underwater. Um, and like, you know, men with guns and, you know, militia and stuff and the windows had blown out. And so we barely had enough gas to get to, um, Centerville and you know and if you got to some place there was gas and the electricity wasn't on to pump the gas so I met Dr. Blythe and I took all that stuff out of her car and gave her mom and a recliner and uh that's how that's how I was best served not sleeping in a lawn chair in the front yard so you got to decide you know like if you know if you ended up with something shitty like a surgical birth that possibly wasn't necessary you know I don't know um one thing I've learned about myself, though, is that I'm a birth center midwife, so maybe that's something to consider. <laughs> birth centers, I think, are where it's at, because you know what? I open this drawer, and that's where all the Chuck's pads are. I don't have to, like, hunt around or find a fork or whatever. So anyway, all right. Well, guys, we're doing a great job, and we're doing something that Jenny Joseph said is going to make an impact not only on ourselves, but create ripples out into the universe, and so I'm real proud of us, and... Uh, We'll be back in two weeks. Does anybody have any? I'll unmute us all, and then um, let's start saying if we have uh, if we have a topic for next week that you want to say, throw it out there. Or in two weeks, anybody topics? Maybe we can talk about the um, the first thing that we talked about because it's kind of heavy. So if we don't have a topic. The yeah. <laughs> yeah. I forget what the first thing was. We'll figure that out though and come back to you. Okay. All right. Taria, thanks for joining us. We haven't got to see you very much. Yay. Okay. Well, this is where we just say we love each other and we'll see you in two weeks. I love, love you guys. You're doing great. You're doing awesome. <laughs> Alrighty, my loves, that's a wrap. We'll see you in two weeks. Don't forget to grab those headphones. If you need a text reminder, you can go to preggers.rocks, www.preggers.rocks, or preggerscanbechoosers.com, and there's a text reminder that you can sign up for. We're also on Facebook at Preggers Can Be Choosers. There's an event um, invitation that you can sign up for there. And we also have a group dedicated on Facebook dedicated to our podcast listeners. That's the podcast afterbirth group. So we'll hope to connect with you soon. And don't forget, we're launching our prenatal education podcast pretty soon. So we want you to jump in on that as well. Thank you so much and hope you have a great two weeks.